0: You can get it done. What's
1: more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam. All right, let's go. What a piece of that championship,
0: put it in here. Hey guys, where else would you rather be?
1: Welcome into hour
0: two of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the big dog, Rick Watson. Uptown got its hustlers.
1: The Bowery got its bums. 42nd street got big jim a walker he a pool shooting son of a gun yeah he big and dumb as a man can't come but he's stronger than a country house and when the bad folks all get together at night you know they all call big jim ball just because and they say you don't tug on superman's cape. no you sure don't you don't spit into the wind no 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 you don't pull a mask of that old Lone Ranger and you don't mess around with Jim. Well, you don't mess around with Jim, dee 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 unless your name is Slim. What out of South Alabama come a country boy, sit looking for a man named Jim. I am a bull shooting boy, my name is Willie McCoy, but down at home they call me Slim. See? See? Yeah, I'm looking for the king of 42 speedy, drive on drop-top Cadillac. All my money
0: and it may sound funny but I come to get my money back and 639-4900 Baker Team Hotline 744-2990 on the text line I mean I opened the show with Bad Bad Leroy Brown and I had to just go team, ahead and play You Don't Mess Around with Jim right? A little croachy celebration
1: What a hustle, baby, for the
0: oh here comes the fight.
1: Come I, off, I think we got to fight. And the done, the only that was, in blood, it was the
0: Mess around with Slim. You mess around with Slim, you're going to find out you're going to end up, uh, you know, cutting a couple hundred places, shotting a couple more. I mean, that's basically his MO. Rick at New River Radio, <laughs> send me a message on Messenger. You just heard in the news, and I didn't talk about it because it was a formality, the uh, college football playoff. Uh, finally, switched to the 5 plus 7 model for its postseason. They still don't have the monetary distribution. And the access, they haven't got that all hashed out, but um, the five plus seven was always going to be what they wanted to do. So, yeah, it's not really news. The news has it because the news doesn't understand that this has been the model that's been on the table, and this is why they agreed to the 12-team playoffs. But those around sports go, yeah, yeah, finally. Hey, you got around to saying, yay, yay you finally did it, you finally did it. Bill Roth, David Teal, in our Hall of Fame uh, Power Hour. All right, so, Hokie Bob sent the link earlier, and I was going to talk about it. Um, Major League Baseball players are not at all being shy about how much they hate the new uniforms that they've been forced to wear in the spring. Of course, designed by Nike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. And manufactured by Fanatics and well here's trey turner the all-star shortstop for the phillies i know everybody hates them we all liked what we had we look we understand business but i think everyone to keep it the same way for the most part you can tweak them but boy this changes the whole vibe trying to go out there and play (laughs) since when is that important trey right Nike's been designing the uniform since 2020. Fanatics has been manufacturing since 2017. But this year, Nike broke out the, oh, here we go, call the neighbors, wake the kids, the Nike Vapor Premier jerseys. Woohoo hoo Now, Major League Baseball shot back, saying that these uniforms improve the mobility by providing 25% more stretch. How do they know that, by the way? And will also dry 28% faster. They're just throwing out random numbers and the percentages. To... The lettering, sleeve emblems, and numbering are less bulky in an attempt to make uniforms more breathable and comfortable. I mean, this is George Costanza. This is the, the whole Nike thing. <laughs> this is just, hey, we watched an episode of Seinfeld, so let's use the term more breathable. Like cotton. Like when George goes to buck Showalter. Rob Manford, the uh, commissioner, (laughs) Uh, he said he expected uh, criticism to fade. In baseball, any new initiative, there's going to be some negative feedback. First and most important, these are the Nike jerseys. So we entered this partnership. Ah, here we go. Yes, you have a partnership. Therefore, you can't come out and say anything negative. A partnership with Nike because of who they are. What exactly are they? And the kinds of products that they use. Everything they've done for us so far has been 100% successful across the board. Now, these jerseys are different. They're designed to be performance wear as opposed to what has traditionally been worn. Because, you know, players were constantly complaining about what they were wearing year after year after year. Oh, wait. No, they weren't. Fanatics representatives, though, declined to comment when they were asked about this. And then Nike's not responding to an email that was sent to its media relations office by the media. So, Manfred can say what he wants, but the two particulars that are responsible for the uniform change uh, remaining mum. (laughs) Mum. Mum. So, we shall see where this goes. It'll probably go nowhere, right? Because that's just the way it—that's uh, just the way it rolls. You can complain about it, but at the end of the day, who are you doing business with, right? And we have a contract, and you better be careful who you go for and talk about. You better be careful. Right? Well, yeah, which is probably why now we're seeing the criticisms of coaches who are coming forward now and criticizing players more than ever. Here's, by the way, here's the actual footage of uh, some of the behind the scenes of oh, the okay. Nike and Fanatics explain. offices. Oh, no, no.
1: Here we go. <laughs> Your shoulder. <laughs> really? I'm just saying this to you because I like to hear myself talk. <laughs> yes, really.
0: All right, all right. What are you all sweating for? It's hot in this uniform. Hot? What is this? What is what? This uniform. What's it made
1: from? I don't know. Cotton? Nah, no, no, no. This is not cotton. Good. let me
0: see. What are you doing? I want to see the
1: oh, You yeah. yeah, let me you Here, stop. <laughs> ah, of I can't believe
0: you're not playing in cotton. Well, this is what they give us.
1: You know, they used to make leisure suits out of this fabric. You think cotton's better? Of course. All right. Maybe I'll say something to Buck. Yeah, good idea. Thanks for later. Yeah.
0: So there you go. George hey, Costanza. George Costanza all over, right? Cotton's more breathable. I mean, it's pretty clear that he has, you know, a job somewhere lined up. Right? Somewhere lined up with Fanatics and Nike in the future. So ESPN wrote a a piece criticizing Rick Pitino. Dan Hurley came out, criticized his team last night. I haven't heard whether or not there's going to be a piece written about him. But let me ask you guys and gals, because here we are in 2024. Oh, wait, hang on. Here's George. He's going to approach Buck about this. Well, you know, all of a sudden there's a problem with tartable swing, but...
1: (laughs) Listen, Buck, I uh, obviously had to talk to you about the importance of player morale, but uh, I've been talking to some of the guys, and some of them, I don't want to mention any names, but some of them, are
0: not too happy with the polyester uniforms. very hot in the polyester. You know, it's not a natural fiber.
1: <laughs> I they would prefer
0: cotton. <laughs>
1: cotton, mm-hmm. cotton, breathes. You see, it, it, it's much softer. I mean, imagine playing games, and your team is five degrees cooler than the other team. Don't you think that would be an advantage? Yeah. They're cooler, they're more comfortable, they're happier, they're gonna play better.
0: You may have something here, George. Oh, I've got something. There you go, cotton uniforms. George Costanza working for both Nike and Fanatics.
1: <laughs>
0: it is. It's the exact the exact same thing. All right. So Rick Petino, probably more than that the fact that it's Rick Petino than another coach. And of course, ESPN going to criticize, you know, something that they don't really. Understand because it doesn't fall into their line of thinking politically or anything else. But they came out with this uh, editorial about how Patino should not be coming out and saying anything about the players. Well, Dan Hurley did last night. Coaches are doing it more and more. And don't you think this is something that's going to continue to develop into the norm? Because in many cases, these players are going to be making more money than half of the fan base, a quarter of the fan, whatever percentage you want to put on it. And in many cases, if you're a quarterback at a power five and you're moving from one school to the other, you're going to make more money than just about the entire coaching staff other than the head coach. And in some cases, you're probably making more money or as much as the head coach because of the out-of-control, ridiculous NIL. So... Don't you believe that's going, just by human nature alone, going to probably seep into when coaches are coming out, coming forward about their teams, that maybe they're not going to feel so bad about calling a guy out publicly who most people know are making, you know, seven figures to play college football? I mean, doesn't that just fall in line like when you are at your job? Now, granted, it may not be public criticism because most people's jobs aren't something the media cares about. But still, if you're criticized, it's because you're making a salary. And if you're not doing the job from the person who is in charge of having you under their employment, you're going to get brought in and talked to. Right. You're not doing your job. You're not holding up your end of the bargain here. When coaches are asked about their team's performance, I mean, I want honesty. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I I don't have a problem with any coach. I mean, it's one thing if you're coming down, you're putting down a kid personally. And I'm not condoning or advocating for that, but if you're sitting there going, look, they're not getting it done. My players aren't listening, my players aren't going through and I mean it's it's again when I talk to Darius Nichols post-game at Radford University, I mean, he's, he's wondering about his team and their dedication, and are they just looking forward to the thing being over? I mean, he's saying this publicly. So this is a coach, and, and coaches who do this across the nation are wondering about their own team. I mean, you have every right to do that. You're the, you're the CEO of that team. But when and we know it's true, I don't know what the exact number was. Nobody really does, but you know, Caleb Williams at USC was making upwards of 3 to 4 million dollars. He was. I know people out there that can tell me the kind of money he was bringing in. I talked to people at North Carolina, Drake May was making 2 million dollars. I mean, you're making seven figures to be the quarterback of a Power 5 college football team. Don't you think maybe that you know, A little criticism publicly, something that comes along with that, that you can't have it both ways, right? This isn't some walk-on kid who's just trying to fight. We just talked about Ben Taylor earlier and how he's one of my top ten all-time Virginia Tech football players. We're not talking about some kid who gets an invite to walk on and every time he goes out there, he's doing what he can to earn a scholarship, which Ben Taylor did. That used to be such a big thing, right? You earned a scholarship. Frank Beamer and Bud Foster said, you know what? You deserve a scholarship. Man, it was huge. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you going out there, you're making more money than the rest of us will make in our lifetime. So I don't have a major problem with coaches when they come forward and now are probably looking at it going, all right, now these are 100% employees. Yeah, they're my players, but they have to understand that Yeah, if their performance isn't meeting up, I'm going to talk about that. Why not? And is the media just still behind all this, trying to play victimization about these student athletes? It's not the same. It's not the same. In any way, shape, or form, is it the same? The environment has changed in every way, shape, and form. So is going to be the coaches being able to come out And say things because their job is on the line. I mean, Keon just uttered the same sentence. Their jobs are on the line. Wayne from Ohio. If you want it to be a business, don't be surprised when it's treated like a business. 100%. Yet this whole Patino thing, and I believe it was more of a personal, because it's Rick Patino. Look, it was a terrible dude. I'm not defending the person of Rick Patino at all. I mean... All that prostitution stuff at Louisville happened. All the illegal payments at that time and the money and the lying and all the things they did, it happened. That's why he was out of college basketball for a while. Nobody's denying how horrible that whole thing was. But I bet you we don't see an article about Dan Hurley last night. Why is it going to be surprising to see more scrutiny come forward from coaches? You're not throwing them under the bus, but you know what? You're just responding to the change in the environment. You can't go to a coach with your handout, go to a program, and then get rewarded and then expect it to be the same type of vibe that you're going to have, not only with coaches, but with your teammates and your fans. And this goes back to a discussion that we had when all this broke. If this doesn't get lassoed and soon, you're going to see a lot more fracturing of clubhouses throughout college football, major college basketball, because of what certain guys are getting and what others aren't. This isn't like a professional players union where everybody's making money, so you want to see that free agent or you want to see that guy cash in on a a big season because they know that could... You know, at some point, circle back around to them. No, it doesn't work that way in the college NIL ranks. Anyway, fascinating discussion. We'll be back here, hour number two. Twayne <laughs> was asking, "Know uh, how much you love movies? You talk about movies a lot. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, First Blood, the original of the franchise? By the way, remember First Blood? I think it was 19. Ooh, what is that? 80, 81, 82." Anyway, it started the whole Rambo, John Rambo, all the Rambo movies that were very different following that than that movie. The first movie is very well done. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I mean, all the guy wanted, all he wanted was something to eat walking through a small town. And they wouldn't leave him alone. It was ominous. The way. It was a rainy. It was cloudy. And the wood scene where he's taking out all the guys. I mean, Stallone was great in that movie. Yeah, big fan. I'm glad you brought that up. I need to see that again. First Blood, totally different vibe than all the other ones after that. Stallone doing most of the action scenes in that movie. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah, big fan. Big fan. Just great, great stuff. All right, halfway home. Gonna come back, and we're going to talk about. Oh, it's our. Speaking of movies, here we go. What a see. Everything segues beautifully. Thinking about all this nil and public criticism and pay for play. Blue chips. Oh, we're gonna talk some blue chips. We'll be back. Bigger than they were considering, you know, this is Bob Dillard's son. 639-4900 is the Baker Team hotline, text line 744-2990. Hope everybody's doing okay, wherever you might be. Bill Roth and David Teal coming up in uh, hour number three. It's the Hall of Fame Power Hour. That's free-valued entertainment for you, the listening audience here, on a Wednesday. Um, So, when you look at the NIL, we just talked about these coaches, and I think they're probably like, you know what? The whole mindset has changed. I mean, at some point, unless it's regulated sooner than later. And I think it's going to lead to that. I don't know if unionization, whatever ruling is going to come from the court, who knows what it holds or the time frame in which it happens. But we all know that right now it's it's out of control, it's ridiculous, and there are the haves and the have-nots. I go back to blue chips. Because blue chips was so far ahead of its time. In terms of every... Telling you what was going on when nobody wanted to talk about it in college sports. This was centered around big-time college basketball. And great uh, character, Nick Nolte. A little over the top. In the movie itself, look, don't, don't think I reference Blue Chips because I think it's this great cinematic feature. It's, it, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's a popcorn movie. But a lot of the messages and the things that it dealt with, absolutely 100% accurate. And remember when, if you haven't seen it, do so. And if you have seen it, remember the uh, scene where Penny Hardaway's character wanted to quit and he goes into coach's office and he says, hey, if I had quit playing basketball, will my mom lose her job? She got a job because he went there to play. And the answer obviously was, well, yeah. If you don't play, that goes away. I mean, that was the message. Friends of the program is what that was labeled back then during that move. Friends of the program. And at some point, conferences, and I'm thinking the Big Ten and the SEC are going to lead the way because they've already joined together as an advisory council. There's going to be more of that. Still wondering on what that will mean, but nonetheless. So when you look at it from that perspective, pretty soon schools are going to say enough's enough. If you're our employee, here's what we have. This is what we can do. If you don't want to come here, go somewhere. It's going to be like trying to sign certain free agents around the professional sports. Who's out of your market range? Who, who doesn't fit into your salary cap or your luxury tax? And if you don't perform, the employer, which is going to be the school, has every right to start, once they go ahead and make this what it's going to be, employee and employer officially, they have every right to now then write in certain conditions to that NIL contract, correct? I mean, if there is a free-flowing thought that this is indeed is going to stay free-flowing, that you're going to come in and pay me and I'm going to get paid regardless of how I do for your program or regardless of how the program does, those days are going to be uh, gone pretty soon. This isn't a utopia where there are no consequences for not performing, especially when many people still want to try to view this, laughably so, as amateur athletics. Penny Hardaway goes to Nick Nolte. Hey, look, if if I quit playing basketball, does my mom lose her job? Yes. She got the job because you're here playing basketball. It's one of the things you asked for. We gave it to you. I'm sorry, the friends of the program gave it to you. Well, the NIL collectives around the nation are friends of the program, except now they don't have to hide. Right? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. But as this thing builds and once it does get legislated, and trust me, it will sooner than later, I'm wondering if all this... Taking advantage of the freedom, the pompacity almost of some of these kids. I mean, we had the Michael Oxley two weeks ago. We had the Michael Oxley story where he came forward and said a third string tailback came to him and said, Hey coach, I need a hundred grand. Don't we all? I need a hundred grand or I'm not playing here. And Michael Oxley said, It's been great knowing you. Good luck. See ya. All right? It was empowering. Because that's the kind of thing that I think we need more of. You want what? You're what string on this team? What did you contribute? Okay. So long. And that's what's going to happen with all the bad advice that many of these student-athletes are getting from either their parents or their handlers, these so-called agents, whatever it might be, they're going to overplay their hand. You know why? Because greed... Always is blind. Greed never sees the circumstances for which it's functioning or the consequences of itself. Damn, that was profound, wasn't it? Can I I get that on a t-shirt and market that? That's the English minor coming out of me. But sooner or later whether they want to look at it as universities collusion as we've seen be thrown around a lot when baseball would go on strike seemingly every two years when the NFL had its strikes in the 80s collusion by the owners to not pay certain salaries that was the way they could get together and unify against the players union who was unified right Well, once this is legislated, and I think you're going to see the SEC and the Big Ten first announce, because it's going to lead everything, they're going to first announce that there's going to be some kind of guideline that they're going to have and everyone will follow because everyone is going and has been following what the SEC and the Big Ten has been doing for years, and it's not going to change with how the future of the NIL is going to be constructed. Quit playing basketball. Mom loses her job. You didn't really contribute like we thought you were going to. You didn't meet these guidelines. You're not making the money that we signed you up to, uh, to make. We didn't win X amount of games. Therefore, you're going to see a smaller percentage of what you were signed on to become part of. No longer will scholarship agreements be prevalent. It's going to be all about your NIL contract. That's where all this is headed. And it makes perfect sense. You can't just keep thinking, okay, we're going to put $25 million in this collective. We're going to spread it around to this sport, that sport, this player, that player. We're going to ignore these other sports. How long do you think that's going to be allowed, by the way? Even though common sense tells you that the money is going to go to the athletes that contribute to the sports that do produce revenue, how long do you think before Title IX issues start popping up They already are about women's sports, women's athletes not being considered nearly as much. I mean, how long do you think this can go on without some kind either of court ruling or some kind of official adjustment, right? Right? It's been running rampant for three years. It's gained momentum. Some of the salary things that I hear, some of the things that have been factually paid out, just absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, there's another one, Wayne. There you go. Hey, you got injured. Yeah, we're not going to pay you if you get injured. I mean, there's going to be things, consequences to greed. You wanted it this way. Okay. Well, here are the conditions in which you'll be able to make the kind of money that you're trying to make here at this institution. If you don't like it, we're going to offer this deal to another player, similar talent, similar star rating, that will like it. Because after all, these are still (coughs) amateur athletes. And if you're a college football player, you can't jump to the NFL to try to qualify for their league until you're out of high school for three years. Common sense tells you that you can't just jump out of high school to the NFL. This isn't like the NBA or Major League Baseball. Or in some instances, hockey now, where 18- and 19-year-olds are skipping the minors and going straight from high school or first-year college into the league. I mean, it's happening more and more, recent draft picks anyway. But the bottom line is this. We all know it's out of control. The ridiculousness of it is now talked about more than the fact that it's happening. More coaches are coming forward. The leagues are coming forward. The collectives themselves need some kind of protection, don't they? I mean, they're asking people to donate. On top of trying to help out their institutions with facilities, with having just enough to compete and train these athletes, now you're asking for even more money to contribute to this student-athlete NIL fund. Where do you think all this is going to come from? Right? How are you going to condone it and just pay out these ridiculous amounts of money that many schools are. And yeah, I'll say it. In the SEC and the Big Ten, there's a reason they joined together because those are the two leagues that are paying the most money. If you added it all up, two recruits, two portal kids. They're invested in this the same way, just like they create the most revenue because of who they are. It was a natural partnership. They're going to work together for the next wave of expansion. And by the way, those of you that are still holding on to the whole grant of rights in the ACC, you are about six to eight months behind where things actually are with what Florida State's trying to do. (laughs) An article written about how some of the things now that are being reported by the ACC and their legal team is that they're now almost to the point of where they understand that this is going to be broken. They're trying to soften the blow behind the scenes, lawyers and so forth. The rights is going to be broken in the ACC. Stop. I, I still get people saying, hey, this league, nothing's happening in this league. I, I see it on uh, Twitter all the time. They're not going to do anything. Grant of rights. <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. And once the official invites come, that's another reason for this partnership. It's not being talked about yet, but it will. And you're going to go, Where did I hear about it first? I heard Rick talking about it. Just like a lot of things that have happened over the last three years plus. Hey, look, I'll criticize and make fun of myself when I blow predictions, but I'm also going to give myself a tap on the back when we've been onto something here and then it happens. And that, that's happened a lot. And this is going to happen as well that once the Big Ten and the SEC work jointly together, which is going to happen, they're no longer, by the way, they're now allies. They are now allies. The Alliance. (laughs) Thanks, Wayne. They're not adversaries anymore. They are allies. Look, we're trying to top one another. Look at all this effort we're doing competing. We are going to be an unbeatable force if we just decide to join hands, much like the power nations in the world do. That's what the SEC and the Big Ten have done. They're calling this now an advisory council. Pretty soon, it's going to be the partnership that led to the eventual breakaway from the NCAA to create this very large college football power league that's coming. It's coming. It's not a matter of if, it's when. Read between the lines and and realize what's happening here. And I think this has probably been going on. I have a couple people that have said that these conversations between the SEC, we're going to get Dave Hunsiker back on here that these conversations between the SEC and the Big Ten have been going on a couple years back when the Big Ten surprised everybody when they announced that USC and UCLA were coming in. It didn't surprise anybody in the SEC because they were working with them even then because they had just added the two biggest brands out of the Big 12. Do you think it's not just a little bit more than coincidental that four of the biggest brands in the country, I know you can debate UCLA football, but you can't deny that they're second all-time in national championships and the greatest amateur basketball program ever. Is there any surprise, is there any shock that one league, the SEC, got Texas and Oklahoma, two new schools, two huge brands that put them over the top, and the other league that they're now partners with, the Big Ten, took the entire Los Angeles market from a conference that had a relationship with those two schools for over 100 years. That's just coincidence, right? USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten wasn't a reaction to what the SEC did. It was in joint partnership with what the SEC did. And if you don't believe me, And if you're waiting on other people to talk about it, that's fine. I just know that now when you see this advisory council between those two schools, this one's not going to break up. This isn't like giving the the cute guy or girl at uh, gym class when you're in middle school a note, and maybe that afternoon... He or she says, yes, I like you. And then two days later, no, I don't like you. This isn't like the whole failed Big 12, Pac 12, ACC. No, no. This is one that's not going to be sending out more, do you like me or not, notes, circle. Because each side circled, yes. And they did it in ink. And the money that's going to flow. Is going to be because of them. And either you're in or you're out. And trust me, it's not just the ACC, it's happening in the new Big 12, and it's happening in Blacksburg. They're trying to figure out their next move. But the bottom line is this is they came together for the future of financial well being, they also come together for the future of the NIL in those two leagues. We're back preview what's ahead in the Power Hour. It's not unusual you ought to be
1: loaned by anyone. It's not unusual you ought to
0: have fun with anyone. Michael writes in, I love it when a sentence when starts I like this. Rick, you're absolutely right. Thank you, Michael. With it's just like in the business world, right? Apple, Microsoft, you name it, the ones who know that they can't destroy the other one decide to, hey, why don't we do this together? You see it all the time. Banks car makers i mean heck we've seen it happen here recently right in sports with this whole app you can't beat them join them espn fox time warner which by the way has gotten held up because the fcc and the federal trade commission is investigating to see if it violates All sorts of different rules and regulations, antitrust. That's why you haven't heard about pricing or about when it might launch is because it's being held up right now in the courts. So, not shocked. Bill Rolfe, David Teal, the Hall of Fame Power Hour. We come back.